This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You're live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Our program's all about the world of apps and mobile technology. Today's program, it's awesome. We're going to be talking about Android 12. So if you've got a phone that's running the Android operating system, you'll need to stay tuned for that. We've got Daniel Bader. He's an Android expert, and he's going to be running down all the key new features and why you need to upgrade. We'll also be chatting about a security flaw with Apple Pay. Many people have iPhones. Many people use the Apple Wallet, where you can basically put in your credit cards and then contactless pay like you have the physical card but just with your phone Mm -hmm. you and i use it all the time right yeah all the time well there's a a major flaw with visa if you're using apple pay and you got a visa in your wallet you'll want to stay tuned to to the show let's talk about some of the uh the news the mobile and app news uh john one of the big features with the new iphone 13 as always is the camera's better it's way better. I I was kind of downplaying this upgrade, but after you got a 12 pro, I had a 12 pro. Yeah. And it's like, do I need to upgrade? And I, I mean, you know me, I take a jillion photos. Yeah. And the macro mode has been blowing me away. So talk about macro mode for the people that don't know what that is. Basically it allows you to take your phone and put the camera lens up to two centimeters away from something. So imagine going up to a flower with a bee in it. Yeah. Right. You can actually get up close and personal with that bee, and it's still in focus. It's super sharp. You see all the detail. And it actually, as you actually move your camera in closer to something, it will actually automatically switch to macro mode. You have to use the ultra-wide lens, though. So, but, but that's only available in the 13 Pro models. Yes. So the people that don't have that, the 13s and the 13 minis, they're kind of left in the cold, but not anymore. No, there's there's an app actually I've, I've used for years. It's a really, really cool photography app called Halide, H-A-L-I-D-E. It's a paid app, and basically they've added support for macros. Now, one of the things I used to do on my 12, or any phone for that matter, is I've used the telephoto lens and zoom in on the subject. So you'd still be five or six inches away, but then you, you press the telephoto button on your phone, and it takes you right into it very close. And I think that's probably what's happening here is they're just using some telephoto magic to actually do that. And, but they've also got something that they apparently um, are using as well from AI based detail enhancement. So artificial intelligence. Yeah. And that's helping them get even closer into the shot. Yeah. So it it uses, um, this works on any older phone too. So not just 13s. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Because you, if you're having a 13, you already have this. But you know, the nice thing is, is that this gives you that, you know, that functionality. Is it going to be quite as good as Apple's? Maybe not. Because one thing we did notice when we looked at the pros versus the non-pros, even, is how much bigger the the lenses are. They're big. Yeah, like they're giant on the on yeah. the back of the 13 Pros. But yeah, I mean, if you want that uh, capability to do really close-up photos or macro, uh, check this app out again. Halide. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, also in the uh, the mobile news this week, the big Facebook outage, the Facebook outage of 2021. I mean, it was down all day. So that was everything. Facebook. Facebook Instagram. Instagram. Facebook WhatsApp. Messenger. Uh, WhatsApp. It was a big deal to a lot of those folks that use that. Um, but what WhatsApp users who use that a lot, uh, I mean, that was a main messaging platform for, for many. Like my father-in-law 
he came over like, I can't make WhatsApp work. I'm like, well, neither can I. <laughs> you just have to wait. So there's a competitor out there in the messaging world called Signal. And they apparently, during this outage, signed up millions of new people. Well, I think the key thing with Signal and with WhatsApp is that you use your phone number to sign up. So yes. it's very easy for you to then, you know, continue to have your access to your contacts. And anyone else on Signal that's used their phone number that's in your contact list would also be presented to you as a potential contact. So it's a pretty easy thing to jump platforms between. Yeah. Do you use Signal? I have it. Have I used it recently? No. I haven't signed up. I know it's a very private, secure messaging platform, but I just, I, I don't have a need for it yet. You're but not, maybe I will if they keep having outages on WhatsApp. You're not a spy. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a spy. I'm not hiding anything. I appreciate what it does, definitely. But, you know, you can see with an outage like that, I can see why people, millions of people have signed up. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Very cool. Uh, also in the mobile uh, world, uh, YouTube Music uh, will launch free background listening starting in Canada. So this is uh, a competitor to like Spotify and Apple Music. Uh, it used to be Google, Google Play Music, I believe. Yes. Uh, they've rebranded it to YouTube Music. So I've actually subscribed to YouTube Music. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I forget the platform, uh, but I, not only do I get the music, but I also get ad-free YouTube. It's the best money I ever spent. I got to be honest. You keep telling me that and I keep not doing it. But I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos. No, me too. And I do entertaining uh, not so much now, but, you know, if I've got a couple family members over, I've got a nice big projection screen and, you know, I play a lot of concerts and music videos from YouTube and now I don't have any of the ads. Yeah. It's fantastic. So one of the features too, if I'm on my phone and I just want to listen to the music in the background while I'm web surfing, uh, I can, you know, basically minimize the YouTube app and the music keeps going. But now they're offering that for the free version as well. What's crazy, it's only available in Canada. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So far, I mean, I'm sure it'll go out everywhere else eventually, but. Yeah, but you know, if you haven't tried YouTube music yet, it's really good. And the fact if you are a big YouTube watcher, it might be something to consider over Spotify or Apple or even adding it to, to the mix. So how does it compare to like, because like on an Apple TV yeah. with Apple Music and iTunes, Apple has a pretty good video, music video streaming service there. Yeah, the Apple one is clean. It's, it's definitely clean, but YouTube blows it away. Just sheer volume of sheer volume of con like Apple's, you know, curated a bunch of like videos, you know, music videos and stuff. I, I just find with YouTube, you can get concerts and like, I'm just saying like a gazillion music videos, like everything you can imagine. Apple seems to be more kind of like the top 10% or top 20%. The, and that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. And probably even cool for me. But now that I've tasted the YouTube <laughs> fire hose, fire hose, I'm like, I can't, I can't go back. Yeah. So that being said, I got Apple Music too. Yeah. Well, so I you, use both of them. Because well, you're a big consumer of that content. So. Yeah. Uh, so also we're talking about app news here on the app show. Uh, Ubico, we've uh, featured their Ubi keys before. These are uh, extra little USB keys you can put in your phone or your laptop to give you extra security. It's like an extra hardware password. Yeah. Literally a key to your internet. Yeah. I love it. But now they've got a fingerprint one. That is cool. Yeah, because before they basically, you just had to touch it. Yeah. It didn't actually have any security features built into it. So it was always, you know, it basically just one step better than two-factor authentication. Now it's really more so than, because it's unique to Mike as opposed to John stealing Mike's laptop with his YubiKey and just tapping it. Yeah. So, so if you are 
one of these people that are extra paranoid about security. And you know what? You should be. <laughs> Everything's we, getting hacked now. We, we talk about hacks every week. I know. I'm, I'm not there yet. No. But I, I can see why people would want this. Yeah. Because it just adds another layer that would just make it almost impossible for someone to hack into your stuff. The, the only problem I have sometimes with these types of devices is that it makes it impossible for me to get into my device sometimes. I know. If I have lost that key or some other thing, right? It's a convenience factor. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have to take a break, but... We have a great contest going at getconnectedmedia.com. It's the click to, click to pay with MasterCard contest. We're giving away $1,000 in MasterCard gift cards. And coming up in the show, Android 12. Should you upgrade if you've got an Android phone? There's some pretty cool new features. And if you're using Apple Pay, researchers have discovered a major security hole where people could hack in and literally steal thousands of dollars off your visa. Back after this. You're back with the app show. Mike and John here. Time to talk Android. I mean, Android's used by most of the phones in the world. I know uh, Apple seems to have uh, kind of huge market share, which they do in North America. But uh, if you look at uh, the whole worldwide market share for smartphones, uh, Android is definitely up there with the majority, I think uh, over 80%. On the line, we've got Daniel Bader to talk about the latest version of Android, Android 12. Thank you for joining us, Daniel. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Did I get the numbers right? It's over 80% market share for Android, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Worldwide, easily over 80%. So they uh, obviously, like Apple, come out with uh, new updates to their operating system on uh, a yearly basis. Uh, Big ones, uh, anyway. Uh, Android 12, uh, anything exciting happening there? Yeah, so... Android 12 will launch in a couple of weeks for Google's Pixel phones. And it'll come to the existing devices first, so Pixel 5, Pixel 4, all the way back to the Pixel 3. And when when people update to Android 12 on those phones, they'll see a massive visual change. It's uh, Google's launching Android 12 with a new visual uh, redesign that's applying across all of its products called Material U. So this is the successor to a design language that it launched in 2014 called Material Design. And the idea here is that they want Android and all of Google services to be more customizable. So you put a background on your phone, it's a photo of a beautiful sunset. All of the accents inside of your apps will take on bits and pieces of those colors. So the, the you know, deep reds and the purples and the, and the pinks. And that'll apply across the entire operating system. And you can customize it to some extent, but it's really updating the design language for Android, making it feel more modern. And that's the biggest change that you'll see to Android 12 uh, when you install it. And, and most develop, most um, phone makers like Samsung will adopt a version of that when they update their devices to Android 12 as well. And so that's the case. They always come out with the updates for their own phones first. And how long does it take to trickle down, usually, do you find? Well, it depends on the manufacturer. Samsung has got it stuffed together. So it's already launched a beta version of its Android 12 version. And we're expecting the final version to reach the the company's newest phones, the Galaxy S21 series, probably by November or December, which is a pretty good clip compared to previous years where you would have to wait until the following year, January or February of the next year for Samsung phones to get the new update. 
Daniel, do you think people are going to be like confused by this change or is it just visu- just visually similar but yet different at the same time? Like a lot of times like you know Windows 11 from 10, that's a major change as well. They've moved the start button, all that kind of stuff. That that can be off-putting to some people, some users that maybe aren't as technologically advanced as maybe we are. Yeah, so I, I think Google is trying to really address that in a couple of ways. First, um, the the fundamental operating system has not changed much. You're, you have a, a home screen, you have an app drawer, you have Google's apps, and you have your own, you know, your third-party apps. Those are all going to work the same. Google's addressed a couple of deficiencies in the previous versions of Android by uh, improving notifications, which is a massive advantage that Android continues to have over iOS. And and I think, for example, if Mike and I are texting, I will get a dedicated conversations area at the top of my, my notification pane. If I decide I really like Mike, I can favorite him and it'll show up as a tiny little bubble that hovers over all of my other apps so Mike and I can stay talking. And this doesn't just apply to your text messages, it applies to things like WhatsApp, Telegram, Facebook Messenger, uh, anything that is, is considered a, a messaging app. So the way notifications are delivered is is going to receive a big update in Android 12. And overall, it's mainly about refinement. Google understands that people don't really want their phones to change much. They just want it to be a little smoother and a little bit more intuitive. Are there some other features that kind of caught your eye in this update? Yeah, so the, the big ones, I'll just run, run down a, a, a list quickly. Um, Android is not the operating system for games, but mobile games are becoming better. Console developers are porting true AAA titles to mobile, and Android 12 will make those run better. There's a dedicated gaming mode now in Android 12, which will silence your notifications, for instance, make sure that you um, aren't disrupted if something comes in and you accidentally press the notification and ruins your game. Um, Obviously, we've seen the rise of foldables with the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 3 or Z Fold 3. Um, the Android 12 version that comes to Pixel phones won't have it, but next, the next big version, Android 12.1, will have massive foldable improvements. So your Galaxy Z Fold will, once it's updated, just work a whole lot better with the existing apps that are on your phone, things like that. And finally, you may have heard about this Epic trial that Google is in. Apple just was was also in a trial with Epic over a lot of, you know, to, to simplify it, it was all about Fortnite and the availability of, of alternative app stores. Fortnite or Epic sued Google as well. And to preemptively make things easier for companies like Epic, Android 12 will have better support for third-party app stores. So you'll be able to use the Epic Game Store or another third-party app store a little bit um, better without it, without it scaring you that all of the files that you're going to download are, are going to you know, infect your phone with malware. Um, so that's been a concern so far, and Android 12 will, will make that a little bit better. So there are some small improvements, but mainly it's the big visual change that you're going to notice the most. 
what do you think about it? Like, is this a winner? Honestly, I've been using the beta version for the last four months, and it's definitely a winner just from a usability perspective. One of the biggest things that I've noticed is a criticism Android has always had compared to iOS is that it's not smooth. It's not always easy to articulate, but you put an iPhone next to an Android phone and people will just look at the Android phone and think it's not smooth. The animations are not as precise. Things just don't work as 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 um, seamlessly as, it, as, as the iPhone does. Android 12 really addresses that by making your phone perform better in almost every situation. Google says that it was able to reduce overhead by about 20 to 30%, which means that it has more, your phone has more hardware power to dedicate to making animations run smoothly. And that's immediately noticeable in the next, in, in the next version of Android. We're talking with Daniel Bader, Android expert. We're going to get you to hold on the line, Daniel, because we want to talk more about who can actually upgrade to uh, the new version of Android 12. You know, what uh, smartphones will work with this and also maybe some of the accessibility features. You're listening to the App Show. Back after this. You are back with the program. Mike and John here. We're talking all about Android 12. It's uh, one of the latest uh, updates for Android phones. And we've got Daniel Bader on the line from Android Authority. Thanks for joining us, Daniel. No problem. Thanks for having me. So uh, before we get into who can actually upgrade to this, uh, what phones, uh, maybe just talk about some of the accessibility features. Anything cool there you've noticed? Yeah. So Google has really been talking a lot about making Android more accessible. This is another area that it's lagged behind a little bit uh, compared to the iPhone in recent years. One of the cool things that Google's adding this year is something called switch access, which basically allows somebody with mobility issues in particular, um, not somebody who isn't able to manipulate a phone using fingers um, the way that we do, uh, you know, by tapping on the screen will allow them to use facial gestures or even eye movement to navigate around the the, the operating system. So it's a really interesting implementation that uses the front facing camera on your phone, as well as machine learning to anticipate what somebody will want to navigate to. And most of the time with enough data, Google gets it right. And it will really open up the options for people who aren't able to use hands to use a, a, a device when it's kind of stationed in a dock, just being able to look at it um, and, and actually get some stuff done on the phone, I think is a big deal. And I, and I think we'll, we'll please accessibility advocates quite a lot. I just love that technology when mm-hmm. they can just make it easier for literally anyone to use. Yeah, because that, the, the whole accessibility thing is just such a, a huge barrier for people to, to use these, this technology, even if they just want to play games or check emails and keep up with their friends and family. Or surf the web. Yeah. That can be a difficult task. Uh, okay, and uh, Daniel, I want to talk about who can actually upgrade <laughs> to this. Obviously, uh, Google uh, and their Google Pixel phones, uh, but you know, how far back can, can you go? So Android 12 is among the first updates that comes with a new generation of um, commitments from companies like Samsung, OnePlus and and others. So when you think of an Android phone, 
you typically get between one and two years of what Google calls platform updates, which are the big jumps from Android 10 to 11 to 12. And then there are smaller, either monthly or quarterly security patches that just make sure the phone is, is working as intended. But Samsung and others have now committed to four years of uh, platform updates in some cases, wow. which means that this will be, um, you know, some phones like the Galaxy S21 will be used, uh, will be upgraded all the way up to like Android 15 or so, and or 14, and that's great. Um, Samsung, as I mentioned at the beginning, will be among the first manufacturers to roll out a full version of this. It just has the scale with its one UI system. It creates a single operating system and rolls it out to all of its devices, so it doesn't have to create specific um, versions for specific phones. So that'll come around November, December. And then other manufacturers, you know, the LGs and, and uh, OnePluses and Oppos and Vivos of the world, that'll come likely in early 2022. So not a ton of waiting, but it depends on how old your phone. If, you're old, if your phone is a couple of years old, probably won't get Android 12. But if it was released in 2020, 2021, it'll definitely get it. Do you think this will help with the fragmentation problem that Android has? Like if I look at my iPhone, for example, um, I know I'm going to get updates for years to come to the latest operating system that they keep coming out with uh, every year yeah. or, or so. And Android, there's just like a million versions. So it's true that once upon a time, Android was considered fragmented. And I think that word kind of got added to the, the, the technology zeitgeist. And it's unfairly pinned on Android these days, if only because Google has figured out a way to update older phones without them needing to, to get a brand new version. And it's called Google Play Services. So if there's a really important security patch or a new feature that Google wants to roll out and it wants to bypass Samsung or uh, OnePlus or Motorola, it can actually do that using this Play Services module. Now that does not forgive the fact that some older phones won't get these new actual like big updates, but it does help um, in, in some cases. So Android isn't as fragmented as it used to be, but that being said, three or four years of platform updates, that's getting it closer to the iPhone and that's a big deal. We're talking with Daniel Bader. He's with Android Authority, a fantastic website to uh, check out for all things Android. Daniel, thanks again for joining us. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with the program. Mike and John here. Don't forget to enter our contest. Uh, we are doing a great uh, click to pay with MasterCard contest. You can win up to $1,000 in MasterCard gift cards. Click to pay is a, a new way of paying that we're all going to be using. And it's good because it's safer and easier. Once you sign up with your cards, when you go to the major e-commerce sites, you don't have to fill out all that payment information anymore. It will just know. And all you'll have to do is just hit the buy button. It's safer, no passwords, and uh, I love it. If you want a chance to win the $1,000 in gift cards, just go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. And if you keep listening, we're going to have a secret word at the end of the show to give you extra entries. Secret word. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about uh, contactless payment now. And uh, to understand this more, we've got our good friend Brian Jackson on the line. And uh, this has to do with Apple Pay and a, a breach with Visa. Yeah, this is not good. Brian, uh, 
a lot of people still might not have Apple Pay loaded on their iPhones. Basically, you put your credit cards and your debit cards uh, into the Apple wallet. It's a pretty easy process. And from there, you can use your iPhone like you've got the cards, but you don't have to have the cards. Yeah, it's actually a pretty amazing consumer convenience that we've enjoyed in Canada since 2012. So it's almost been 10 years. And I think that we've forgotten that we ever had uh, a time before this for those of us that just are used to putting our phone up to a contactless device to pay. But but the behind the scenes machinery of it all is a lot more complicated than you might expect. I mean, for me, I'm just taking a photo of my credit card. But after that, it's this complicated communication between my bank, my mobile carrier, and my phone manufacturer. So maybe Apple, maybe uh, Samsung, whatever. And then they all have to get together, talk about my credit card number, and generate a token that I can use to interact without actually revealing my financial information. And my real credit card number is stored in a secret vault on a special part of your phone storage that's logically separated from the rest of the device so that it can never be uncovered. There's a lot going on there, Brian. <laughs> so much going on. Because I just, you know, I go through the McDonald's drive-thru and I basically just tap my phone on their little their little reader and I'm happy I got my sausage McMuffin with little to no effort. I know, it. it all takes about a second. But in that time, you're communicating with your token provider, your bank gets involved, they send that back to your device and it closes a circuit that confirms that the token that you sent out is the same token you're getting back and that it proves that you actually do have that physical credit card uh, that your device is basically substituting for. Well, it's interesting. Contactless payment is here to stay. And, uh, you know, we've seen reports now, MasterCard, they're even doing away with the magnetic stripe on their cards. Yeah, I mean, in many jurisdictions, those types of payments are no longer compliant. They're too easy to defraud because there's devices where you can store the information. Once it gets swiped, you can capture that too easily, and now you can replicate it and make fake cards. But these days, the standard is to have a microchip in those credit cards, and that's uh, just too difficult to uh, really break the security on that. Some people worry that it it looks like it's it's easy to commit fraud with these cards. Like if, if you get your card stolen, uh, the thief could go and just tap their way to, you know, making purchases and, and meals and, and gas. But I guess there's a limit to how much they can really do. And they can't get that far, can they? You're right. There is a limit. And that's really the safeguard there is if you lose your wallet and your credit cards in there. Yeah, somebody could pick it up and run to a gas station or whatever tap it and buy something, but they can only spend about $250 in Canada. That's the limit. We increased that limit. It used to be only $100, but during the pandemic, more people wanted contactless payments, don't like touching things anymore. So we got a higher limit. So that's the safeguard there. And then as soon as you know you've lost your card, you just report it so that uh, it stops all those transactions. It's interesting, Brian. I recently uh, bought a fairly expensive item let's say it was about five hundred dollars and i found out from the the place i bought it from i could actually use my apple pay to tap that amount where normally like you said there is a limit to how much you can tap but because with apple pay and i guess the 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 merchant's uh card 
verification system lets a little higher limit go through, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, you're right. There are special exceptions where you can allow a more uh, a higher transaction va- value to go across. And it looks like that was exploited here in this attack that we're talking about. Uh, these British researchers basically were able to use a feature uh, related to allowing you to tap your phone to pay for getting on transit systems. And these thieves were able to uh, tap and and steal 1,000 pounds. So it was British pounds. And normally the limit in Britain would be 100 pounds. So they were able to exceed this contactless limit with their special attack that they designed. It's interesting when they, they find these these holes, uh, but it's usually researchers that find them. Like they're kind of rarely ever out in the wild, so to speak. That we know I, of. Exactly. I mean, how can you know? Visa is basically taking the, st- the stance that this attack was so hard to program and execute, and these security researchers are using a special piece of hardware they made. They coded it something. They're relaying something to another computer uh, that they're, or an Android device that they're running. So it Im- involves custom software, custom hardware, and being in the right place, you have to get that device close enough to your iPhone to really exploit it. So Visa is just saying, this really isn't a problem. Good for you that you cook this up in your lab, but it's not out in the real world. This sounds like a like a segment on Ocean's Eleven or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess if you can figure out, you're rich. But um, yeah, it's a good point. Like, I mean, you would have to be very sophisticated to, first of all, even find that there's this hole and then figure out the whole system to to make it happen. I, I remember, you know, a couple of years ago, I got a chance to go down to one of MasterCard's uh, security centers in St. Louis. And it, it looks like uh, NORAD, essentially. You know, remember War Games and, you know, the yeah. big screens? Like they're just tracking, you know, nefarious, you know, purchases and purchases and transactions across the globe in real time. Like these guys are on top of this stuff, like instantly. Like their, their computers and all the algorithms that they're running can figure this out pretty quick. Yeah, you can figure out when uh, fraudulent activity is happening on your credit card. And it's amazing what the algorithms can detect when your behavioral data changes and suddenly uh, you're making a series of $100 purchases at all these different locations. Uh, Visa might catch on to that and say, okay, now no matter what, how this person got their credit card stolen, we've detected a behavioral change and we're going to halt the transactions. So there are still some safeguards there. And one more safeguard that's worth mentioning here, guys, is that if you do lose your phone and it has your credit cards loaded on it, you can go into iCloud and tell it to totally wipe your phone and that will eliminate your credit cards on it. Or just go and cancel your actual credit card and get a new one and that the digital card will no longer work. It's interesting that this thousand pound transaction at a transit terminal, which is where these researchers sort of tested it, you think that would trigger some algorithms saying, hey, who needs a thousand pounds worth of bus tickets? 
Yeah, fair point. That would be a good question to put to Visa because this it does go through that express travel feature on the iPhone. And most Canadians wouldn't be familiar with it, I think, because only Vancouver's Translate system allows this mo- type of mobile payments. Here in Toronto, for example, we're on the Presto system, right? We have So we have to use a separate card. We don't get anything fancy like tapping our phones to it. But that feature would still be enabled on our iPhones. Well, we're pretty sophisticated out here, uh, Brian. But overall, we got about uh, 30 seconds left. Uh, it's safe. Contactless payment on phones is safe. It's safe. Yeah, you can trust it. Don't worry. This security flaw is not a reason to turn off your contactless payments if you like using that. It's just good to keep in mind a couple of tricks. Uh, if you do lose your phone or your credit card, that's when you have to worry that a fraudulent transaction might take place, really. Well, I guess, yeah, if people can get into your phone if they know your passcode and things like that. Yeah, that would be the highest risk, right? If you yeah. lost your phone, that would give an attacker more opportunity to break through that authentication system. We're talking with Brian Jackson from the Infotech Research Group. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Thanks for having me. When we come back from the break, uh, we're giving away $1,000 in MasterCard gift cards for the Click to Pay with MasterCard contest. If you want to stay tuned, we're going to give you a secret word that will get you extra entries and get you that much closer to the cash. Stay tuned. You're back with The App Show. Mike and John here. It's been a great program. Don't forget to listen to our sister show, Get Connected. It's on every Saturday across the country in all the chorus radio stations uh, that we're on. And if you want to listen to the podcast version of that or this show, they're up on our website, getconnectedmedia.com. You know what else is up there, John? What? The contest. Yes. Click to pay with MasterCard. Uh, Click to pay is a new way that you will be doing online shopping. If you haven't signed up yet, you have to. It's just so much safer and so much more convenient. You sign up once, you put your cards in, debit cards, credit cards, It's completely secure. And from that point forward, when you're shopping online and the website you're shopping at supports Click2Pay, and they're all going to do this, you you just have to hit one button to pay. You don't have to enter in all your payment information. You don't even have to enter your password in. It just knows. You just hit the buy button. And it's safer and more secure. What if your dog hits the buy button? (laughs) Well, then you got to talk to your dog. (laughs) Okay. you got to get them off the computer. so we're giving away $1,000 in MasterCard gift cards. If you want to find out how to enter, go to getconnectedmedia.com. The entry form is up there, just off of our front page. And there's a, another way to get extra entries, John. Yeah, normally we give a secret code on the radio show. This week, we've actually hidden the secret code in our newsletter. Well, it's not totally hidden. You just no. got to get to the newsletter. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a secret. Okay. And if you know, you're, you've been listening to the radio program, waiting for that, that secret code to get extra entries, just open the newsletter that you probably have if you've entered the contest. And if you haven't, when you sign up, you'll get the newsletter and it'll give you that secret code. Again, go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com to find out more. I want to thank all the folks that helped put the show together. Of course, John Beeler, my co-host and producer and our other producer, Christina Stoyanova. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.